Hello everyone, my name is Mark Iskowitz, I'm Editor-in-Chief of Medical Marketing and Media Magazine, and welcome to the latest installment of MM's Partner Perspectives podcast. The topic of today's podcast is No Patient Left Behind, Connecting Rare Disease Patients to Orphan Drug Manufacturers. The key phrase in, the title of, uh, in that title is No Patient Left Behind. Uh, we know drug companies are using various ways to connect with patients as part of their promotional efforts for their medicines, but these challenges are even greater for manufacturers of orphan drugs. There are many effective approaches uh, to uh, connecting with patients, uh, and we'll discuss that topic today. We have a great guest here uh, to, to do that. His name is Michael Carlin. He's vice president at Trial Card, and in fact, he's written a white paper on this very topic. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. Uh, how about we begin? First question I have for you, Michael, is the following. Uh, what is the common definition of a rare disease, and how many uh, are there that have been identified, and uh, how many have any kinds of treatments? Yeah. Uh, according to the, the National Institutes of Health, a disease is considered rare if it has a prevalence of fewer than 200,000 affected patients and that's in the United States. Uh, but interesting, within that 200,000, there can be a wide range of rare diseases that have just a few handfuls of patients or thousands of patients up to 200,000, oftentimes referred to as ultra-rare versus rare. And currently, there's a set more than 7,000 rare diseases that have been identified. Uh, what's interesting is that there's actually more than 3,600 approval uh, of products uh, for, that have an orphan, orphan designation that are actually currently in the marketplace to treat these rare diseases. And the FDA keeps getting more requests for orphan drug designation uh, every year, it seems. Uh, mm -hmm. So the um, it area is, is definitely attracting a lot of attention. Why is there such an increase by the life sciences industry in the focus and attention on orphan drugs versus medications for more well-known chronic diseases and other illnesses? Yeah, there, there, there has been a focus and, and shift that way. And, and first, I do believe in it. it is because there is an unmet medical need for these patients. There, obviously, rare diseases are, are heartfelt and uh, lots of attention towards rare diseases that affect many, many families. However, the Orphan Drug Act uh, also provided uh, certain statuses for approval, uh, commonly known as orphan status or, or orphan designation. And this orphan status designation qualifies sponsors or manufacturers with various benefits um, as it relates to the approval process. And some include uh, market exclusivity, uh, some reduced research and development costs, and, and there's various tax credits that are involved. So because there are these unmet medical needs and there's a financial, an attractive financial picture um, to manage the approval of the expenses through R&D, there has been an influx uh, in the last years. In fact, 41% uh, of the FDA approved approvals in 2014 had an orphan drug designation. Wow, I didn't realize it was that high. And um, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the financial picture is, is is better in terms of managing expenses. I believe there's 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 less user fees, you know, if, if certain uh, qualifications are met. So it's that definitely explains it. Um, now, from your perspective, um, what do manufacturers of orphan drugs indicate are their biggest strategic challenges when it comes to uh, then promoting their approved medications? Yeah, there are many uh, strategic challenges that they have. But one that we hear uh, 
that surfaces very commonly is finding appropriate patients post-approval um, for for manufacturers. It's it's not only difficult, but it's also frustrating uh, because these rare diseases manufacturers have invested uh, so much time, money, and interest, uh, and have a solution, uh, potentially a life-saving solution. And finding that patient to, to actually have that or that appropriate patient to find, to use that medication, not knowing where they're located or not knowing who they are or where they are is very frustrating. And so connecting these patients to proper medications is, is their biggest strategic challenge uh, that we hear commonly. And what options are available to these manufacturers for finding patients for approved products? Yeah, there's there's several options, several really good options, um, and, and most do. Most manufacturers probably do a lot of these. Uh, a lot of them are based on quantitative analysis. Um, commonly, uh, one is 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 connecting the patient claims data. Particular profiles are built, and then quantitatively assessing where these patients may be located, down to a, a zip code or an MSA level, uh, and trying to identify where they would be. And oftentimes rare disease companies or orphan drug manufacturers will then deploy resources against the numbers that surface uh, in terms of how to promote or how to inform, educate about their medications. There's also uh, the patient registry option, uh, which is very important where patients more or less or physicians that treat or manage these patients have raised their hand and said, hey, I want more information about a rare disease. I want to connect with other individuals, patient advocacy groups are very common too uh, to identify where patients may be. Uh, uh, there's also the physician specialty uh, or oftentimes mostly uh, subspecialty to deploy resources and try and identify who might be managing or treating these patients. And these are all very good approaches and recommended. Mm. Yeah, connecting with those advocacy groups is, is becoming much more popular um, and uh, I'm sure these other other areas are are very effective too. It sounds like. Uh, what what recommendation, Michael, would you suggest manufacturers consider to current uh, patient recruitment approaches, and and what is the rationale for your suggestion? Yeah. Well, in addition to these quantitative assessments uh, and approaches, one recommendation would be to complete the loop, if you will, through a qualitative approach uh, to have a higher level of confidence an actual patient may be uh, diagnosed and may be ready for management. Um, we deploy highly trained clinical specialist reps to reach out to identified physician specialty or subspecialty offices uh, via telephone and internet tools and, and ask a, a series of, of agreed upon questions uh, to confirm if a patient that has a rare disease may exist in their office. Um, oftentimes, uh, we start with one physician's office and are led to another, and we actually refer to our our clinical specialists as detectives. Uh, they do this type of work to to really take a lead from one office where they'll actually learn that maybe it's not that physician's office, but another physician within their system or another uh, location in an institution or another lab or another uh, subspecialist would be treating those patients. Uh, and once uh, a, an office has been identified or that has a patient, uh, we turn that directly over to the manufacturer for a, for a live clinical specialist who would oftentimes show up, oftentimes fly to the location, uh, in, particularly in ultra-rare diseases, 
to uh, to help inform on what treatment options are there. So, in the end, it's these quantitative approaches are really important, but completing the loop with a qualitative approach is really an efficient way for manufacturers to make that connection and have a higher likelihood of success of, of deploying their resources. And and the, the timeliness is also very important. I mean, this can actually save lives. In fact, I'm, I'm confident we've, we've assisted doing that. Well, do, would you like to talk about maybe some of the keys or some of the other keys to this detective approach, you know, working uh, most effectively? Yeah. It's the trained individuals. Uh, we serve as helping patients, and that's truly what we're doing. We're trying to connect these patients, and so, and I'll call it our empathetic approach in the way that we train our individuals and how we connect with offices. Offices uh, are very open when approached correctly. We're not trying to sell anything. We're trying to help those patients. So once you approach it that way, doors open and people want to help. And it's uh, it's it's an amazing, uh, very efficient way to uh, to find where these patients are and help them connect to manufacturers that have invested so much to help these patients. Do you find that the the health systems that you canvass that, that they are receptive? Very receptive, um, particularly when you have a disease that they are familiar with and diseases that they know are, are dramatically affecting the lives and the family lives of of the loved ones and caregivers associated with these rare diseases. Uh, they, as healthcare professionals, are, are very open to, to help learn and also help, help their patients. Yeah, you hear so much about, you know, the harried physician, and um, I, I would imagine it's no different for the subspecialist seeing these kinds of patients, uh, but, but they, are, they are open to uh, the support in this area is, is what it sounds like. Absolutely. Okay, well, I want to thank you for uh, joining me uh, today, Michael. This has been a fascinating discussion. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, look forward to future discussions. Absolutely, and uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, downloading this podcast and um, the uh white paper that we mentioned, um, No Patient Left Behind. Uh, you can always get that uh, on the trial card uh, website, um, and um, Thank you again for your time um, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day.